This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hawksby Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. Hello and welcome to our World Cup podcast back home with me, Paul Hawksby. And me, Andy Jacobs. And today we'll look back on wins for Switzerland and Portugal. Yet another nil-nil draw. And of course, Richarlison's wonder goal was rather a decent goal for Brazil. And as we've now seen both Messi and Ronaldo at this tournament, we'll cross to Qatar to chat to the authors of a new book on the pair. Plus, England fans that all Dom Smith, the head of the USA tomorrow, and Andy. Yes, and Alan Fletcher, Dr. Carl in Neighbours, joins us to talk Socceroos and explain how the world's best soap rose from the dead. That's right. The best news Andy has had in (laughs) in months. Neighbours has got a... It's on death row, but it's got (laughs) its last meal. Um, But it's back. It's back. Anyway, yes. Yes. um, An interesting day of... Well, I'd say that. The games weren't the greatest, but plenty of talking points emerged from them. I don't know um, anyone can watch four games a day. <laughs> I did manage it today. I did, oh, no. I, went, I, did, I did the four. I did. Well, I mean, I've, I've managed most days, to be honest. They're on. And I know we're going to be talking about them. So Honestly, I, I, when Brazil went 2-0 up, I was so bored. I watched highlights of the third day of the Ashes test from 1978. If you'd done that in the Ghana-Portugal game, you may have been pushing your luck. It could have ended up being 3-3. Yeah. Um, now, I, I don't know if I was only aware of this earlier on today, mm. that when teams are scoring goals, you're hearing different music. Uh, this is because um, they were asked by FIFA uh, tunes that, that that they might like played should they score a goal, and every country has uh, chosen their piece of music. Um, England have gone for one that a couple of other countries have also chosen, um, which was uh, "Freed from Desire" by Gala. You know, then 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 it went quite route yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Although they've got an alternative one, and they score a lot of goals, which is "One Kiss" by Dua Lipa, which is. Of course, Martin Lipton's Very theme so. music from the sun when he joins us as a guest. Um, but I want to just going to play yeah, you one there, Andy. Oh yeah, okay, play yeah. this little bit of music here because there's a pretty good chance you won't actually hear it during the tournament. Have a listen to this. Yeah, that's Costa Rica's gold music. So it seems <laughs> it seems a shame not to give it an airing, doesn't it? I think it's only right that they get a little bit of PRS out of it. It's called Ole Ole by Los 
a yang, uh, a yen loss, uh, yeah, a dead loss, I would imagine. Or Joe loss. Or Joe loss and his <laughs> on his orchestra, yeah. So uh, they uh, talking of singing, I noticed I didn't talk about this yesterday, but Oliver Harvey and the Sun, he, he transcribed the England chant. I don't know what it is about chants when you transcribe them, but I'll read it out exactly as it, it goes. And it, yeah, I don't know this song, but you'll be able to tell you. This is the England song during the game on Monday. Hmm. Uh, they bellowed one, two, three, four, were England are drinking in Doha, were drinking Coca-Cola, were England's going on the way. I mean, seriously. <laughs> was it like that? I can't imagine. It was... Well, I, I'm, I'm not sure they sang it like that in quite a tuneless way. I mean, that, that really did take some doing, but uh, I mean, they won't be singing it again based on that if it's sung back to them. <laughs> uh, well, another problem for England fans, Andy, has been uh, dressing up uh, as crusaders oh, going, really? going no, that to won't... the match, yeah, kick it out of, uh, of pointed out to people that they should maybe not go to games in a Muslim country dressed as knights or crusaders. There is an old football song, and if you know your history, which is sung by mm. um, a number of clubs, uh, Everton and Spurs, and I think Celtic. So I, I think just Wikipedia the Crusades before you put that on, because one or two have been turned away, apparently, oh, in dear. those outfits. Uh, talking of singing, uh, the uh, Cameron coach, Rigobert Song, of course, who played in uh, in England. I did think uh, TV formats for him are an absolute natural, aren't they? Yeah, I think they would be. Yeah, that's so I've, I've got singer, not the song. Rigobert looks at sewing machines throughout the ages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I suppose you could have the song remains the same for the Led Zeppelin fans. I don't really give this any thought. But <laughs> no, I'm giving like any thought. A man who never ages, uh, I would imagine. And uh, the Cameron also had a combi, and I've asked him around to fix my boiler. Very good, he's registered. <laughs> well, this yeah, this time find out if he is Corgi registered a combi. That would be great. It'd be great if we could have someone in the press conference just to ask that question. Just a quick question, a combi. Are you Corgi registered? Um, anyway, yeah. good news for Wales tomorrow and before oh, their yeah. game against Iran. Uh, yeah. The uh, the lino, one of the linos in this game, is called uh, Caleb Wales. Okay, that's good. He's from Trinidad. So that's an omen, isn't it? If there's a little moment, does the flag go off? And they've got VAR, of course, the backup. Yeah. But I think it is a pretty decent uh, omen, yes. Oh, by the way, the president of Costa Rica has said he hopes to see his team, Costa Rica, win the World Cup before he <laughs> dies. Well, good luck Great. with that one, mate. I don't know how old he is at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I hope he's 11. <laughs> Be great if the VAR in the well if Welsh is Bert Swansea. Yeah. So they're, they're all real got the association. Yeah. I um I've come up with a solution for Pugas. Mark oh, Pugach. Yes. Mark Pugach. What, what unless we should point out, people haven't heard this. You've got this theory that you would much rather be doing the ultimate international rugby. You think he's a rugger man, Andy. You've got this I, I, I completely do, really. unfounded theory that you're <laughs> pushing every day. Yeah. I think you should link the whole thing from Twickenham. Like just him in the stadium. Everybody else <laughs> in is in guitar. He's just on his own now. I think it I noticed he's wearing striped sort of rugby shirt socks today. They were quite. They had a I kind think, of, so you're now looking for stuff. I am. You're looking, I'm looking for, for rugby links. There, really, aren't you? <laughs> no, you are probably doing a little bit of that. <laughs> Great. Did you see Infantino as uh, welcome North Korea as a host nation? Honestly, has he? he has. He wow. said, "I'd be delighted if North Korea." Bid for the World Cup. He's, honestly, apart from Putin, is there anybody worse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's co he's covered quite a few despots. I mean, he hasn't got many places to go, has he? 
Um, it's interesting. <laughs> all the England boys are surrounded by all this top technology in the hotel to stop them getting bored. But ultimately, they're a young side and kids will be kids. So have you seen what they've been playing? They've been playing something called the Cutlery Cup, which involves laying forks on yeah. the table and trying to roll coins uh, into the teeth of the uh, of the fork. I mean, sort of thing, you know, you you open all the crisps. It's like the thing you give your kids. You spend 500 quid on presents for them. They either play with a box or they go and get a fork and a couple of 20p's and uh, spend the evening doing that. What was the point on that? It's good. And um, Peter Walton, that's why I heard him for the first time today. Yeah. I was thinking about this. Who at ITV heard him on BT and thought, I know who we need. Yeah. <laughs> for goodness sake. I know, he was explaining a point. I, honestly, yeah. this has never happened in my house before, but... <clears throat> excuse me he was explaining a point and as he did so the oxygen mask fell out the ceiling <laughs> and i just pulled it down and got honestly there was no atmosphere at all. I just, just pulled it down slightly and put it on one of the kids i always tell you to do that the, so the first half of idea. portugal ghana wasn't the worst thing i've seen today that no. was a TikTok video of Brooklyn Becker making a gin and tonic. <laughs> so well, that sounds like a winner. Oh, we're a real winner. The amount, the amount of listeners <laughs> who are going to go and uh, check that out now. Maybe we should yeah, talk about Portugal Ghana. Uh, I did like Anti Ziggy. He's not Finnish. He's only 28. He's not <laughs> yeah. Ghanaian. Uh, Anti Ziggy. It's like he, he hates early Bowie. The, uh, this, this is the, he's he's Anti Ziggy. The Ghanaian keeper. Um, oh. I love the Ghanaian band. They were fantastic. There was a kind of lot of raspy trumpets. And I loved all the tunes, but it could be that they're they're playing the equivalent of the Steptoe theme in Sweet Caroline. It's just I don't know them because <laughs> they're, they're from Ghana. People in, people in Ghana like me are going, I hate that band. They're really <laughs> yeah. awful. I thought they were really good. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know if they were good or not, but they were you great. You pointed out that the whole of the back five of South Korea were called Kim. Yes. I did think it could be quite confusing. Kim's ball. Yeah. <laughs> they all go for it. it of course, one person confusing. who's desperate for them to do well, though, is Kim Marsh. Yeah, of, of course. Yeah. Of course. So, yeah, sure. Once he gets out of Strictly. <laughs> um, what did we learn? I mean, we got, we're going to talk a bit about Cristiano Ronaldo in a few moments of time mm. in a bit more detail. Um, I just, I um, he's Fernando Santos, mm. Fernando Santos, the Portugal manager, Wexford, of course. And it just feels like I've been watching him prowl that box with a kind of gob yeah. on my whole life. Yeah. Like he's been there since 1970, the first mm. World Cup I can remember. And I think when he retires, they should let him just walk around the technical area in that <laughs> suit with his tie undone, looking miserable even after they've scored. I look forward to seeing him at North Korea 2030. Yeah, <laughs> tremendous. Well, he, that's the sort of job he'd get, wouldn't it? They'd bring in a really experienced guy. I'd love to see him doing that. I mean, who want that job? North Korea's manager for a while. Imagine the kind of what happened if you lost? They wouldn't be you great. You'd have to go back to go and pick up your check, would you? From, I think, uh, from I think it's palace. one for Alan Buckley. <laughs> um, South Korea, Uruguay, Andy, we should talk a little bit about that. Is there anything you yeah. noticed from that game? No, because uh, I didn't watch very much of it. I was out. Oh, okay. Unsurprisingly, I have got some sort of life. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm getting this completely wrong then. Yeah. No, I watched, I watched half an hour of um, the first game in the morning. Mm. That was good. Then I watched the second half of Portugal Ghana, which was a good choice because that was decent. And yeah. then I watched tonight's game. There was a moment though when Neymar's shirt came off. It was very unusual, actually. He sort of got tackled. Then he saw that, and his shirt came off in the tackle. Hmm. 
And it reminded me of the terrible hooky Neymar shirt that Moose bought in Brazil. Yeah, he wore it every right. day for four weeks. He did. And cleavage. It gave him a cleavage. It was a very low <laughs> neck. So it was kind of, I well, thought he needed a string of pearls to set it off uh, or, uh, or something like that. Um, now, Andy, you've always got this thing about um, is so and so related to so and so. You always yeah. ask questions. Yeah, I do. Yeah, Smith. You know, you. But, uh, <laughs> Pete Moulinstein, the uh, commentator, yes. worked with Danny Murphy. She, I think she's having a really good World Cup. She's season. excellent. She's an excellent she's commentator, isn't really she? Really good. And I'm surprised you've not said Moulinstein. I is looked it up. Like, yeah, I thought you might have done. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she's Rene, Rene's daughter. She's uh, Rene's daughter. Yeah. yeah. But no, I think she's. Uh, She's excellent. She had a good game with Danny Murphy today. I enjoyed that she's, one. She's really good. Yeah. yeah. So that was good. Uh, I can bring you today's diverse lineup at B in Sports. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, they're really pushing the boat out today. Well, it was a little bit more diverse. It was John Terry and Robbie Keane. Yeah. And Robbie is Irish. That's true. That's <laughs> it's getting pretty diverse. Uh, I, should, um, I should point out in the Portugal-Ghana game, I'd just written down the words, João Felix has been crap. As he, <laughs> as, he, as he tucked that one into the corner. That's always happens. Uh, that's really? always a great feeling, isn't it? Um, um, also, Brazil-Serbia. Do you know, it's Brazil always used to walk out hand in hand before games. You remember the players used to walk yeah, out yeah, hand yeah. in hand? Mm. And then they did this thing where they would put their hand on the player in front shoulder. All that had gone. Tonight, they just walked out like any other team. And I thought, possibly in Qatar, they would have thought that was a protest. I mean, if they'd all walked out hand in hand, they'd probably yeah, all... Maybe they were told not... They don't, well, I don't like to see I mean, men I think been, holding hands. I bet they've that's been doing it. it. They've not done it at recent World Cups, but it was something that was always part of the old Brazilian brand, wasn't it, really? You used to, to see them doing that. Did you like Kachichi's suit tonight? The matching kind of powder blue suit and shirt combo. I mean, Yeah, I didn't particularly register with me. I thought he looked very nice. Yeah, very smart. He looked very well turned out. He and uh, well turn the Milinkovic-Savage brothers, we sh shouldn't forget the one who wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. there, Robbie. <laughs> Robbie Milinkovic. Uh, he wasn't there. He doesn't. He's kind of dropped the Milinkovic these days, but sadly, he never made it. He didn't it's qualify true. for, for serving. I've noticed, you know, because you know, as you get older, you get a bit more thick set. It happens to all of us, doesn't it? Yeah. You know? But I've noticed Shakiri. he's getting more thick set than ever by the end of his career he's going to fit perfectly inside a square cardboard box he's the squarest <laughs> man i've ever seen so you can send him somewhere <laughs> i will yeah i think he's going to be a big old unit when we see him in time do you think he'll in, in like in the future you think he'll, he'll yeah be, when he's when he's running be a, a big pub. lad when he's in running a geneva jakiri will need to run a pub <laughs> i don't really know the royal oak in Whittam or something this seems unlikely Jordan <laughs> Shakiri will open a pub in Essex. I mean, I'm just, I'm just kidding. honestly, and also Martin Keown tonight. He's fantastic, isn't he? Yeah. In the first half, when Rich Charlison, I don't know, wasn't particularly playing well, he, yeah. just, he said, Oh, well, he hasn't scored much for Tottenham this year. You know, he's not really. And then he goes, He's 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 totally informed. He's a real predator, he said. That's <laughs> not what you said in the first half. He said he wasn't any good. He was absolutely gutted when Rich Charlison <laughs> scored that goal, wasn't he? he I mean, was. he could, there was, he was saying, You have to say that's a great goal, biting through his bottom. Lit so much there was blood running down his chin. Yeah. But uh, yes, I mean, yeah, it was a sensational goal, wasn't it? It was just a ridiculous was. goal. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you think he took it on the volley, turned, swiveled, and hit it. It's interesting watching him play at Tottenham. He's never been in those positions very often. He was. He got those two goals against Marseille, but generally he's played wider, a little bit deeper, and he's just not popped up in those areas. So that's why he played for Everton, wasn't it? Really wide. Yeah. Um, did you see I mean, that? Do you see that Everton are on tour in Australia? Yeah, Can you believe <laughs> that. What is the point of that? Oh, brilliant! Mad. 
Well done. Um, so uh, we've got we got three fine guests joining us this evening. Uh, Dom Smith, who's been joining us to talk England from englandfootball.org. He's going to pop up, look ahead at the USA game. And um, also later on, Dr. Carl, um, Alan Fletcher from Neighbours. It will return next year on Amazon. And he's very excited. And we'll talk a bit of soccer. He's a huge Liverpool fan as well. So, uh, yeah, that's all coming up. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. We start uh, today talking about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who had a real impact on the match against Ghana, uh, eventually. And uh, Lionel Messi, a new book on the two men, Messi versus Ronaldo, one rivalry, two goats and the era that uh, remade the world's game by Jonathan Clegg and Joshua Robinson. Uh, both guys were at the game today um, and they went to the match um, earlier this week between Argentina and Saudi Arabia. And we're very pleased to say one of the authors, Jonathan Clegg, joins us now from Qatar. Good afternoon. Oh, sorry. Yes. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening. Good morning, I think. It's just, just gone midnight. So yeah, <laughs> well, okay, good, yeah, the, uh, good evening. The, good morning. Okay. The time difference is really messing us up. <laughs> so look, you've seen yeah. both men. <laughs> uh, the, you've seen both men that you've written about um, in the books. I mean, what have you made of their, their opening performance? And maybe we should start with Ronaldo as it's fresher in the mind. Yes. I mean, um, in all honesty, I think um, uh, what we saw was, was very different from what we were expecting um, coming into the tournament. Um, uh, if, if you'd asked me a few days ago, um, I would have said that, um, you know, Lionel Messi and Argentina looked like strong favourites to, to win it. And um, I wasn't exactly sure what Ronaldo was going to give us after this season, um, you know, that's sort of seen him play very infrequently and, and um, really kind of blow things up um, with his club. So, um, you know, that's not how it transpired, obviously. Um, you know, I think the Ronaldo that we saw today was certainly not vintage Ronaldo. Um, you know, that the first half, actually, he kind of fluffed a couple of pretty good opportunities. He and did, and yeah. at halftime, at halftime, it was not looking great. But, um, you know, he did what he usually does, which is, um, you know, found found a way to, um, to get on the score sheet. And um, uh, really, his goal kind of uh, uh, re-energized and revitalized that whole game, which had been pretty dull up to that point. Um, and we saw, um, you know, a sort of explosion of action there on and Portugal uh, holding on to win 3-2, um, you know, is, is a good result for them. And, and, you know, looks like they're headed to the knockout rounds, I would say. Mm. Um, Messi uh, and Argentina, um, you know, remains to be seen how they sort of respond to um, that that Saudi defeat, which really, you know, came out of nowhere. I think yeah. entered this That's... tournament on the back of 30-plus games unbeaten. Um, they had not lost a game in which Messi scored since 2009. Hmm. So the fact that they took the lead through Messi and then and then you know coughed it up, um, yeah, a, a, you know, obviously one of one of the great World Cup shocks of all time. Absolutely. You said uh, Ronaldo did what he normally does. He did actually. Yeah, he, he got a fifty went for a fifty-fifty challenge and dived, and he got a penalty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, his reputation his reputation carries a lot of weight, and so. You know, when he hits the hits the the the, the floor in the in the uh, in the area, you know, referees generally point to the spot, and that's that's what we saw. He he was very emotional, Jonathan, wasn't he at the start? He looked like he was on the verge yeah. of tears. He's normally always got a bit of a game face on, but you just wonder if what's gone on the last couple of weeks and knowing 
as and I saw your piece you you wrote um, with Joshua for the Wall Street Look, Journal saying the last dance for these. That's two. right. Maybe that realization this is one of the last times he's going to do this uh, as a Portugal player. Yes, I think I think that definitely plays a part. Um, I actually, um, we were there in um, in Porto back in March when Portugal played their playoff against uh, North Macedonia to qualify for the World Cup, and that was another occasion when he looked very, very emotional. And I think he um, is very aware of you know Ronaldo is a guy who is very aware of his legacy, perhaps more aware of his own legacy than any footballer who has ever lived. Mm. And um, I think he is very aware of what this tournament means and could mean um, to his legacy, particularly now after the uh, last few weeks and months that he's had, which, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo is a guy who has lived an incredibly charmed existence. So to say these are the toughest few months of his life is not really saying a lot, but um, it has been difficult for him. He, I think he is, you know, there's, we saw in the, the interview that he's been bottling up a lot of this stuff for you know, the best part of, you know, 18 months, certainly at least a year. Um, and, um, and I think some of that, you know, sort of started to come out uh, when the national anthem played. Like you mentioned, his eyes did look a little glassy, like he was about, about ready to tear up. Mm. Um, um, yeah, and I, I do think he's very aware of what a successful tournament here could mean for the, the, the sort of final chapter of his career, yeah. which, to be honest, looked like it was sort of petering out into a bit of an inglorious end. Um, up till um, you know, up till today. Mm. I'll have a good laugh when they go out. Actually, I, <laughs> I don't. I, he's a great player, but for me, I just I can't stick him. I think he's like an ego on legs. You know, he's a fantastic footballer, but he's not a team man. He never really has been, and I much prefer Messi as aesthetically well, to watch. And I think, it's a matter of opinion, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, people, people are in one camp sure. or the other, or something, which is your as your book uh, discusses. Now, just finally, as well, Jonathan. This, it's odd to say this about a player like Ronaldo, but this is a little bit of a shop window for him as well. Um, Al Hilal apparently is showing an interest. He could be playing in Saudi. He's had offers there before. But if he was to have a good World Cup, there may be a team. He wants to play Champions League football, he says. There may be someone thinking, yes, he has still got it. We could give him uh, a year and, and take the, you know, hope that the marketing would pay for the deal. But... I mean, or if not, he'll just end up sort of seeing out his career in a in the Middle East or the States and and into semi-retirement, effectively. Yeah, I think um, I think the next few weeks, um, Cristiano Ronaldo needs to make a real decision about his future, which is, does he want to get paid what he still thinks he's worth, or at this stage of his career, with you know the fortune that he already has in the bank, does he want to? choose a situation in which he may be able to uh, extend his, um, you know, record number of Champions League goals. You know, one of the, um, you know, very uh, revealing stories that we uh, had in the book that I think, show, uh, you know, illuminates a lot about what Cristiano Ronaldo is like, is um, when he ran into a, a, a former uh, physio from the Sporting Lisbon youth team. Who, um, who went to a Real Madrid match in 2016 and asked to say hello afterwards. And uh, Ronaldo eventually met him in the car park and uh, pulled from his pocket a printout of every major trophy and record that he had achieved or broken during his career and proceeded wow. to spend you know, 10 minutes walking with this physio, physio who he hadn't seen for sort of 25 years, walked him through everything that he had accomplished as if to sort of justify 
what he'd done and what his career had been since he'd left sporting. This guy is one of the most famous people in the, in the world. You know, it's completely unnecessary for him to do. And yet he obviously feels some sort of need to, to justify himself that records and, and the numbers and all those things that we think, you know, doesn't really mean a lot to athletes themselves. They mean a lot to Cristiano Ronaldo. He, wow. he loves to be able to put a number on his achievements. Interesting stuff, Jonathan. Thanks ever so much for joining us at uh, Ungodly Hour from your point of view. So uh, enjoy the rest of the tournament and best of luck with the book. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Jonathan Clegg there. Uh, Joshua Robinson is the co-author. Messi versus Ronaldo. Uh, and that's out now. It's been out for a couple of weeks. Uh, and I mean... I'd like to see him at Torquay. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? He could do a job <laughs> down there. That's right. Honestly, the ego. He's such an unattractive yeah. person. He really is. Well, it was a big one today, wasn't it? First player to score in five World Cups. Yes. I mean, he'll, he'll, have, he'll add that to the piece of paper. Oh, he will. Absolutely will. Imagine well what done. his edition of This Is Your Life would have been like. <laughs> Everybody who came on would have spent 10 minutes reading reading it through with a piece of paper. Paulsby <laughs> Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from TalkSport. TalkSport. 
Oh yes, yes. yeah. Oh, so we're gonna we're gonna get the football out the way. Um, so I say you've, it's eight thirty with you in the morning when we're recording this, and you've been watching some highlights of the tournament. I wonder what the fallout was to the Socceroos' performance. Went in front, did pretty well for sort of half an hour or so, but the class told a little bit with France, didn't it? In the end, yeah. Well, France are pretty good at laying the trap. You know, they 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 get the team feeling easy with themselves, and then um, you know when Mbappe decides to get going, he gets going, but. I have to say, when Craig Goodwin first scored, you would think here in Australia, if you're in any of the bars, we'd actually just won the World Cup. Um, <laughs> hardly surprising. It's the first goal in open play since 2014, Tim Cale. So we don't, we don't get a lot of goals, so we celebrate them when they do come. Uh, yeah, we're completely outclassed. I think probably the, the big interest for us is going to be the Tunisia game, which we get to see at a very civilised time here in Australia. Um, but I, I, I have to say, goodness me, you know, I, it, it seems like yeah, a million years ago, the last World Cup, I am loving this World Cup. There's so many highlights. There's so much to enjoy. Well, Alex Sarkis' first strike for England, um, yeah. an absolute ripper. Uh, and uh, I've just got up to watch the Charleston's beautiful um, volley against uh, Serbia, you know. So it's um, there's been some beautiful stuff. Um, I've yeah, got to say, has. though... See if you agree with me, but I'm I'm trying to spare a thought for the keepers because I'm seeing a lot of highlights and all I'm seeing is goals. You know, there's just players putting the ball past the keepers. But Gonda's save was um, a match winner, and uh, uh, Mohamed Alawais um, was obviously against Saudi. Yeah, I think he won the game for him. So the keepers are doing some fantastic stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's been a few nil nils, maybe more than we had in Russia, but we've, you know, we've seen we've seen some games with lots of goals in, or it's been sort of feast or famine. So, uh, mm. are you watching it for a Liverpool prism, Alan? Are you kind of I, seeing, I am. looking I am. at Darwin Nunes and all the Liverpool players <laughs> and how they're doing? I have, I haven't caught up with the Uruguay game yet. I've actually got it on tape, um, mm. so I don't know how Darwin did anything, but Virgil kept a clean sheet in the Netherlands. I, I, we haven't seen Trent and Henderson yet, but so hopefully the next game we'll see them. I mean, I must say I'm very impressed with, uh, with England's game, and you know there must be there must the hearts must be swelling with hope uh, in, uh, in in Blighty at the moment. Well, yeah, but you know we always get completely carried away. It, it was hard to judge, you know, because Iran have got so many problems. It was hard to judge that game about how good England were. We'll find out tomorrow night, I think. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Well, yeah. Alan, look, at the time we we're really interested, and I know Andy is. Oh yeah, I am. So how did how did neighbours win this reprieve? How did you hear the news? When did you was when the series finished over in Australia? Was there a possibility of it coming back, or did this come out of the blue? Well, it came out of the blue for me completely. Um, you know, financing TV shows is a very complex matter, and they really kept a very close lid on this one. Uh, at first I heard, my executive producer um, just said to me, one of the pop round deliver something to me. Um, they'd been sitting under his desk for a while. It was a beautiful photo frame. And he popped around and sat down. We sat down to have, to have a chat, and uh, he broke the news to me. Well, I've never, I've never experienced shock like it. I have to say, it's it was the least expected thing that could have happened. Um, and he, on that day, he went to see the four main people who who they've signed up. That's myself and Susan, uh, Toadie and Paul. He saw them all in one morning and uh, sealed us up for a deal, and off we were going. But um, there were no details beyond that. They're, they're still planning the show. Yeah, if they need a rabbi in, uh, you know, in Harold's in the in the background, I'm there. I'm your sure. man. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll talk to Paul about that. <laughs> it'll be great. 
that would be quite a left field casting, wouldn't it? English <laughs> rabbi comes over completely out of nowhere. And just, just... So oh, yeah. um, at the moment, so there's the kind of core of the old cast. I mean, are they still approaching other members of, of the sort of the greater cast? And how many shows will there be? They've said it's going to be a series. Will it be an indefinite run like a soap or will it be a limited series, Alan? Do we know yet? Oh, Paul, I hate coming on to any show and not being able to answer questions, but I just don't know. Um, yeah. the, 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 it's a very, very earlier stages of planning. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, as I say, they have kept a lot close to their chest because there's sensitivities here involved as well. There, there were a lot of casts in the show previously. And um, yeah. I think out of respect to them, they're not making sort of, you know, piecemeal uh, uh, announcements. Um uh, but I'm sure uh, the one thing I am sure of, and I'm completely sure of this because I've been assured of it, is that the the neighbours that everybody loved, the neighbours that five million people came out to watch for the last episode in the UK, mm -hmm. that neighbours will stay true, and uh, and the people who who loved it will continue to love it. I'm absolutely sure of that. So hopefully, late 2023, those five million people and maybe a few more will come out of the woodwork again to watch the show. Excellent. And, and more good news, because you've been very brave and bold about your suffering of alopecia. But I noticed today from Instagram, your eyebrows are back. That's got to be a good thing. It is. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm very fortunate. There's, we have one of the, we have a leading world expert in alopecia here in Australia. And uh, he injected my eyebrows with a cortisone treatment that you know, I'm being treated for alopecia with, with some sort of miracle drugs, one of which has actually just been approved in, in the UK for the treatment of alopecia. Um, and, uh, so these drugs are, I've, I've got a bit of fuzz on my head now, Andy, or you, you, really? you won't recognise me when you see me. I'll have some of that uh, if you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the alopecia is, um, is uh, certainly the eyebrows are back. And uh, every morning I get up and I go into the, the bathroom and to have a, have, have a shave. I have to shave these days because the beard's coming back. And I, I count my eyelashes um, <laughs> because it's, it's kind of weird not having eyelashes, but they're coming back too. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, look, Alan, it's lovely to talk to you. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup. We will catch up with you, I'm sure, as we get more news about uh, as neighbours take shape. But uh, for now, great to talk to you and thanks for joining us. Lovely to chat, chaps. I'll see you in March. I'll be over in March. Brilliant. Lovely. We'll see you in the studio. Thanks a lot. Take care, guys. Talk Sport. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from Talk Sport. Yes, we turn to England now and that uh, huge game against uh, the USA. Uh, tomorrow evening and uh, joining us ahead of that from uh, englandfootball.org uh, it is dom smith hello dom hello so i suppose we should uh, get your thoughts on the first game um i mean it probably went better than we all thought didn't it it's probably better than you did as a seasoned england watcher yeah i mean england of even in the the last sort of 10 20 years when england tournaments bar sort of the southgate era have been as bad as they've ever been england have always done well at starting tournaments well in terms of performances the problem is they barely ever get good results in in tournament openers um but certainly under you know even under capello and hodgson england started tournaments in, with their opening games playing pretty well but rarely got the right, the right results but this was you know, this was similar to Southgate's first two tournaments where they obviously they, they beat Tunisia in the opener in Russia and they beat Croatia at the Euros, except the difference here is that England didn't win by one goal, they won by uh, by four. Mm. Uh, they were pretty rampant, of course. And I mean, look, the, the stoppages in the first half um, uh, and actually in the second broke up play, but 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 after that that delay and the injury to, to the goalkeeper, Ali Reza, Beerenband, I mean, England got going, they got into some kind of 
um, rhythm, I suppose. And they were, I mean, they were fantastic. It's, it's pretty much the best half of football I've watched from England for, for years. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Having seen all the other teams now, where do you place England? I mean, they, they've got to be in the top eight, without a doubt, I would have thought. Oh, they're in the top eight, definitely. I mean, coming into this tournament, it was only really Brazil and Argentina among the, you know, inverted commas, big nations who who came in with any sort of form and, um, and, and were making the most of the players they've got at their disposal. The Netherlands, to be fair, under Louis van Gaal have been okay as well. Um, and they won their opener when, um, you know, when so many of these big nations haven't. But, of course, Argentina came unstuck against Saudi Arabia. We've seen a few of the other big sides drop point. Germany were, were desperately disappointing um, against Japan. I mean, listen, I think England are one of the four or five teams who are, who are most likely to go all the way. Because I think, actually, there is genuine... Uh, solidity about this England team and not just solidity but I think that they all know how each other play in a way mm. that some of the other major nations maybe don't often when you when you watch Belgium play and to be fair this can be the case for Spain even though they were incredible against Costa Rica these are sides who you often look like it's just a group of players playing together but England they, they all seem to have the same kind of style and they want to play football in the same way and you, you see, with England, when the players come off and new players come on, you don't ever feel that the that the sort of style of play um, or the feel of the game is, is necessarily going to change too much. And I think that's a real real compliment to the work of Steve Holland and Gareth Southgate, to be fair. There were players coming into this tournament, Dom, that weren't in great nick. Raheem Sterling, as Andy said, not had the best of times at Chelsea, but he had a pretty decent game the other day. Um, Harry Maguire had a decent game as well before he went off with illness, considering... Uh, what's been it's going a bit of a relief, there. isn't it, when you're playing? Yeah, you know, when you're playing in a struggling team, and you go to a team that are doing all right, yeah. and got some confidence. It's it's got to be better. Do you you expect England to start with the same team tomorrow? Do you expect them to start with the same team that finished? Well, that started the Iran game. Yeah, I mean, everyone before the Iran game, apart from James Madison, was fit to play. And although there have been scares with for the likes of Harry Kane, I think the same is ca the case for tomorrow. Um, it's the it's the case that only really Madison won't feature uh, or couldn't feature. But I do think he'll stick with the same team. I mean, Walker's fit now, but he was also fit before the opening game and didn't play um, when people would have expected him to line up alongside Maguire and Stones in that kind of back three that we've become so used to seeing under Southgate's tournament teams. No, I, listen, I think it will be the same team and I, and I hope it will be the same team because there was such balance about that. You had Rice as a proper defensive midfielder. You had Mount, who's so good off the ball at pressing as a number 10, so disciplined um, positionally. And then you had Bellingham as a sort of hybrid eight, doing the all of the work in between what was prescribed to, to Rice and what was prescribed to Mount. It worked perfectly and mm. I'd like to see it again. Yeah, I think we all would, definitely. Dom, definitely. thank you ever so much. I'm sure we'll catch up with you later in the tournament you can read uh, Dom's uh, thoughts on England at englandfootball.org we'll catch up with you soon thanks a lot thanks very much so there we are it's Dom Smith and that is us for uh, another day um, mm. tomorrow of course um, I probably don't need to talk you through the games we've got Wales at 10 o'clock in the morning against Iran which we're very much looking forward to uh, we've got the England game I'll watch that one till Wales score yeah go on yeah <laughs> well <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, then we got um, Qatar Senegal, Andy, at lunchtime. Yeah, definitely not watching that. Fair enough. And what about the Dutch? Another hit of the Dutch against Ecuador.
<laughs> You've just pulled Andy pulled a face. <laughs> yeah, there he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am excited about England because uh, winning the World Cup will be worth billions to the economy, apparently, oh. and may even save the country from recession. A successful England team would approve our appeal abroad. I was thinking, no, wouldn't that just hate to see for more than they, <laughs> they do would. now? That's <laughs> exactly about. what it would be like. <laughs> so uh, our guests uh, tomorrow include Charlie Baker is going to join us. Oh, good. Um, I've got a West Country corner for him, uh, by oh, the way. Excellent. So we'll yeah. tell you more about that uh, tomorrow. But Charlie's going to be here to look back on England and Wales and all the other matches and give us his thoughts on the tournament so far. So we look, enjoy the matches tomorrow and uh, we'll catch up with you to reflect on those tomorrow. Talk Sport. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily World Cup Podcast from Talk Sport. 